Joe, it feels like just the other day we had a Friarside chat, and here we are again. And this is actually an idea that you've had, you've been hoping to accomplish for a little while. Yeah, I would say when they announced Future State, we had just recently talked to Scott Snyder, and then they released, uh, you know, they announced Future State, and and I see it right there, Superman of Metropolis writer Sean Lewis, and I had this idea. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could pull off this sort of book and interview, ending one event with death metal and then kicking off uh, the new event, Future State, uh, with uh, with a writer that I love? And so today we have uh, Sean Lewis. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. It, it was pretty uh, Twitter serendipitous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was too because like when I'm looking at it, your your DMs not open, and I totally understand that. And it was like, huh, how do we slide in there? Maybe we can get in ours. <laughs> Joe and I were texting back and forth at one point. It's like, ah, ah, yeah. what are we, we going to do? Well, yeah. it's also my. It's funny how it all worked out because my my notifications. Like I usually have my notifications also set to where. I can't see anything anyone sends to me unless we're mutual friends. Uh-huh. So it just happened to be a moment where I was searching something and or I think someone either retweeted something of your guys and I, I ended up on your page and I was like, oh, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, it really yeah, worked it, perfect timing. It worked out really, really well. I was like, this would never usually happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fantastic. I'm just, I'm so pumped that it, it came, it came to man. Yeah, he's been. I mean, we get to we end it with a Batman writer, and now we got a Superman writer. And I think Joe, I, that's where you wanted to start things off. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask you, what is it like being the newest Superman writer, especially for uh, Future State? It's a uh, it's a trip. It's a lot. I mean, coming from indie comics, the amount of attention and focus at all times is definitely new. I mean, I'm I'm used to kind of like waving my books and going like, "Will anyone read this?" <laughs> um, so it's it's that's been definitely a bit overwhelming. Um, and like the whole process of it has just been really. I mean, it's been cool. I mean, I it's not a book. I never thought I would get to write Superman, so it's it's definitely like a really. I don't know. I'm not being super articulate. I think because I'm still a bit dumbfounded. Like it came together really fast and furious and out really? of nowhere. And so it's just been kind of like, wow, I'm, I wrote a Superman comic book. Like, I don't think at any point in my life that ever seemed like a feasible option. Um, so, yeah, so that I, I think it's still kind of hitting me like, oh, yeah, there's this book and it's out in the world. And it's it's also comics are so weird, right? Because it's also been done for a while. Yeah. You know, so, so on my end, there's also the weird the weird waves of where I'm like, oh, it's been the writing and all, everything's been done for a bit, but now it's like, oh, now it's it's out in the wild, which is now like the second experience. But okay. it's, it's cool. So, I mean, you say how you're, you're kind of like, it's, I don't know if numb's the right word, but like you're kind of, it's been a whirlwind for you. Was there any point where it was intimidating, the, the idea of like, I'm going to be writing Superman? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, you know, it, it definitely... Um, it's such an iconic character, you know. People have such a love and and a, and look for John. Also, like the writers that come bef- before you, you know, like Bendis has just finished, you know, Tomasi. Like, there's so many. Like, I think a Peter Tomasi's run. Like, there's just like there's so many great writers who've had the chance to write Superman, and it's also just like it's one of the few characters I'll ever write that like my mom knows who they are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when she's asking like, "What are you working on?" Usually, I'll throw out a name, or I'm like, "I'm talking at this company. I might write this," and my mom's just like. Uh, okay, <laughs> something where she's like, "Oh, I can tell your aunt about that one." 
Like that <laughs> one counts. Uh, oh, that's a, so, so, so based on your, your previous work, I, I've read Thumbs, absolutely oh, love it. And, and, and a lot of your other indie books is, is superheroes ever, you know, something that you, you wanted to write? Cause it seems like it's new territory for you. It's definitely new territory. Um, and it was a challenge. I wasn't sure, you know, Thumbs is how I got the job, to be honest. Um, so Jamie Rich, the editor at DC, we started talking after, God, COVID's thrown everything out of whack in terms yeah. of my timeline. But I guess it would have been after, um, we started talking after Comic-Con in 2018. He read Thumbs, or 20, 2019, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so after Comic-Con in 2019, he read Thumbs and we started interacting on, on email and there was still like, it was still the beginning of the kind of like 5G plans. Mm -hmm. And basically he was like, I need to submit a couple of people. I'm, I'm, I need one super famous writer. I need one industry veteran. And I was, I'm allowed to submit an unknown. And so I got to be the unknown. Oh. And, um, and, you know, the pitch went pretty well. It got me thinking more and more about what it would be like to write hero, like superheroes in general. Um, but it is totally, it, it is, I mean, it is definitely new. None of my, none of my indie work has been superhero based. Um, so that's definitely been like fun and exciting. It's definitely another thing that's brought me back to being younger. Like when I first started reading comics, a big part of it, honestly, was my son, we went through kind of like some scary stuff with my kid at the beginning of this past year of 2020. And so when, um, when it came up at first, I was a little bit trepidatious. I was a little bit like, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if this is a great place for me or not. And then, um, you know, looking at him and what he was going through, I was just kind of like, I'd love for him to read a book of mine at some point sooner than later. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and another part of me was also like, you know, Superman has all of the ideals I would want for my kid right now and all the kind of strength I think he needs right now. So that became a big kind of push of just like, just do it. <laughs> like just dive, just dive in and see, and see how it goes. Just, 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 just go, you know? Yeah. So then when, when, so coming up with this, this pitch and, and, and this idea for writing Superman, what made you choose Jonathan Kent versus, Clark Kent. Well, that'll that that gets into. A, I mean, it depends on how much of the you know how the how does the the bread get made. You guys right. want to know or not? I mean, there's a lot of stuff I came into that you know it was kind of like we, we like John Kent was something that it was like we know we're going to do John Kent. So so we know we're going to do John Kent. We know we want him to bottle a city. So come up with reasons around why that would get bottled. Who else shows up there? What's the arc of it? Um, and, and also by the time I had come in there, a couple of the other stories already existed, right? So like there's a midnighter that's going to be coming out in two day, like tomorrow, I guess the short in midnighter will be in the other, in uh Phillips Superman book, the Clark Kent book. And then there, there was stuff from Phillips book. So like a lot of those pitches kind of existed and I started like going like, okay, if I'm the first one out and a lot of stuff's built off of this bottling of candor, I've got to kind of like cherry pick from these other pitches and go like, okay, how do I, how do I kind of set the table for all of your books? That became kind of that, that was really the trickiest. Cause you start going like, you're kind of building a recipe. Like there's, there's just like, I felt like I was on a, like, it's kind of like being on a chef show. Like, like here's a ton of, here's a ton of ingredients. 
bake a pie, you mm-hmm. know? And I was just kind of like, okay, I'll pull this in here and this in here. So a lot more of like my creative decisions went a lot more into like, how do I want to present his voice? You know, the character brain cells was something that I came up with. Cause I was, as I was going through, like, why does he bottle the city? Like, how do I create a logic for this? Yep. Cause it's such a big, decision and how, how do I do it in two issues was also like, all right. So <laughs> something where I was like, this will be ambitious. We'll see how it goes. Um, and so I kind of went back to some of the old comics and, um, you know, in Brainiac, you know, he, Kandor starts with him and he's done a bunch of it. So I kept asking DC to send me like these silver age Superman books that had Brainiac and I was reading about him. And I was also thinking about my son. Like, like I said, he was a pretty big influence and it got me thinking about like, how many people in my own family a lot of the time have made the same mistakes that their parents made mm. and like how desperately I don't want my son to make the same mistakes that I've made, though he'll probably face some of it. So in a weird way, I was like, Superman's fought Brainiac like 300 times, right? Like it's <laughs> always been around this like conservationist. I want to take over Metropolis. And so I just started thinking like, oh, like what happens if John's making the same mistakes as dad or, or, or worse, like worse decisions than dad in trying to not make the mistakes? Right. It became like a big, the whole concept of like trying to get out from underneath a, a, your father's shadow and also not make the mistakes that everyone's expecting you to make or worse became like, it was more thematic for me was the creative decisions of like, how do I get into something that I, at least that I personally can relate to and feel like has a larger thematic to it. Gotcha. So I would think with John uh, on the surface, because we were talking about John Kent versus Clark Kent as much as still Superman at the end of it. I would think you have a little bit more wiggle room dealing with that character, but I also know you're coming from you know, doing indies and now you're working for one of the big twos. You, you talk about your creative uh, creativity with this and your approach. Did you feel like with John specifically, because it's him, and not Clark, that you're able to try a few different things that maybe you wouldn't normally be able to if it was Clark? I felt way more free writing John than I think I would have writing Clark. Um, I mean, Clark just has so much history that I think I, I like, I, from, and this isn't a general statement. This is for myself. I think I just would have not completely known what to do with Clark where, where with John, I was like, there's at least a, there's at least a bit of a blank page. Like there's, there's a lot of fans and there's a lot of stuff they want to see John do, you know? Um, so there's that, but like they haven't seen him as an adult really. And so like that kind of opened up for me, like what, what can I do to make him kind of earn that mantle of Superman as an adult, as opposed to as a child. So it, it definitely, I think gave me room. Okay. Nice. So you mentioned uh, you know a little, uh, a little bit ago that thumbs, Basically, you know, it got you your job with with uh, with Future State here. So when when reading uh, Superman and Metropolis, I, I got a bit of a thumbs feel from that. And so is that 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 sort of concept where technology is is a weapon or it's it's sort of used as a is a tool of, you know of oppression. What made you want to you know bring that story you know or a similar type story to to Superman? You know, it's funny. I, I don't think I thought about thumbs at all when I was writing it. I think that's just stuff that's in inside of me. It's some it's stuff I think about on a a regular basis. I think like guilt and how do how are we good? Like how do you become a good person or how do you do at, like truly good deeds or things I'm always obsessed with. And I think tech 
technology and how we use it in an ethical way is also really at the forefront of my mind on a regular basis. You know, I'm, I'm constantly wrestling with the fact that I, I can find things, I can find a lot of social media. And I mean, the week we've gone through is just, oh, you know, like it's just insane. And so you're kind of like, there's so much social media and so much use of it that is just bad. Like that can be bad or it, you know, like we're used to comic book stories, right? And superheroes. And, and so it's like, it, it can be used for great evil or it can be used for great good. Like my entire career does not exist without email, right? Like there's no way I can do what I do without technology, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, like I'm not, I'm trying to think, I feel like Jamie, I feel like some of the editors I've gotten in touch with or who've gotten in touch with me started on Twitter. Right. So like there, there's a necessity in some ways there, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm like, I look at disinformation and really echo echo chambers is like what scares me the most about it <laughs> is what, what happens when you're only talking to yourself? Yeah. You know, like as a self-hating Catholic, when I only talk to myself, shit's going to get really bad. Like, <laughs> like that, that's why Joe, Joe and I do the show together. So we have somebody else listening to us. <laughs> You know, and that's that's a very real thing that I think about on a regular basis. I think because my kid's so young, you know, there's times my my son is he just turned five, and there's times where we're on the playground, and even I see it with like my wife's phone. Like he'll grab her phone, and he just knows it, and I I, I get like tense. But also the other kids on the playground who are like his age, who are like fully operating and have their own cell phones, and like their parents are asking like when do you think it's too young? Like, when do you think you'll let Eamon have a phone? And I'm like, I don't know when he can pay for it. Like, (laughs) like I feel very old in that way, but there's a, there's an overall, I, I, we don't really know. This is going to sound strange. We obviously, we know what the internet is. We use it on a regular basis, but we don't really know what the long-term effects of living in it is. Right. True. That's true. Yeah. I heard that there's, I think it's a Netflix documentary where the, I forget the name of it, but like the people, who created, what? The social dilemma. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Where the, the people who created this stuff are yeah. like, yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know what we were creating. Yeah, they're like waving their arms. It's everybody from Google and Facebook going, we, we should stop it now. Like yeah. we need to stop it now. And I, I don't know that I agree with that either, but there's definitely, I mean, I don't really know the answers, but I think that like, this is a long way to like how the, the concepts of of thumbs are probably showing up in, in Superman in some ways is like in both cases, they have to do with the self, right? Like there's a huge narcissistic quality to the internet. And so I think like what you're probably seeing is this wrestling match of, of who I think in a weird way, they, it gets us back down to who am I and who do I want to be? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and what are the ways I go about that? Like, Am I really the person I post I am or am I creating a new person? When I post this to get someone's attention, is it because I truly believe in it or because I want to, I, I, I want to create inflame things like, and it's dicey. It's a very, you know, it's a very gray area. Yeah. And I think Jonathan even says that in the, in the book where he goes, I, I didn't even think of that. You know, he's, he's got all these great ideas. His ideas, you know, are, you know, on the surface, they're, they're what he thinks is right. And then he goes, Oh, I didn't. I didn't even think of that. And then the ramifications, you know, that follow. Um, were there were there any other ideas that you were kicking around, uh, you know, for Superman or Metropolis, or did you sort of hone in on this and then just run with it? It was pretty fast, you know. Like I was, 
I was later to the team to the group to write yep. it than anybody else. Oh. And like I said, I had I had a bunch of I had a bunch of material that I was already kind of drawing from. So I'm sure there was other things I'd pitched. Like, you know, there was a period earlier on when it was still kind of when we were still looking at the possibility of 5G that I was building that there was a point where I pitched like a, a very long, larger story that that was very different than Superman and Metropolis because it was it was the type of thing that was going to have some breath. You know, like there was a new best friend I was thinking of that that was very much into the tech world. Um, I'd been playing with the idea of Brainiac being um, Brainiac's head being this object that was at Metropolitan University that they that they were studying and that they got that they got kind of, it was kind of like an early concept of brain cells where like they were studying it and it was it was kind of helping inform their own technology like they were using it for good. And so with this wrestling match of like, oh, could Brainiac be this good character? Um, and then there were these three villains, these like three cosmic villains that I was um, that I was looking at as the primary villains. That that, it, but it was for like what was going to last like a whole year. Um, so so like it was just a lot of elements of that. And the, the ideas were in my mind were a bit the same. Of like in both cases, I was just like, how does John? become Superman for himself, right? Like it's one thing to have Clark say you're Superman or to have the city say you're Superman. Maybe it's me as an artist, like you always have imposter syndrome, but there's a totally different level when you finally get to the point where you're like, I guess I'm super, I I actually am Superman. Like this is, this feels like it to me. And so that was always, so thematically that was always what I was interested in. It was the moment where Jonathan would realize this is who this is who I am, and so I have to behave smarter, and I have to think things through more, and not be as um, impetuous. Because I think you hit on a thing like that. That John line is there for that specific reason, and that you mentioned. Because one thing that I think technology does to us, and I think we're all in, and we don't realize it as often as maybe we should, is we all feel like we have to respond immediately. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and no one talks about it, but it, we've now been through. I'm trying to think when, like, I'm trying to think of the normalization of texting, right? Like, we've now been through at least five years where we are expected to respond to people the moment we hear a ding. Like, the moment someone texts you, there is the level of anxiety. Of, like, my phone goes off. If this is in another room and I'm having dinner with my family, yeah. which is more important than my phone, I hear it go off three times when, like, someone really needs me. Like I have to get into my phone and respond immediately. And it's not just text, but like I even see it with like really complex political or social ideas where people are like, I have to respond to this right now. Mm -hmm. You're like, do you even have enough information or do you even have enough understanding of what you're writing about at this point to respond? And that was something I was interested in with, with Jonathan is like, okay, they've made me the hero. They give me this absolute power everything's going bad and I feel like I have to make a, a decision to solve it all immediately. What do I do? Right yeah. in this moment. And then yeah. right in this moment. And you know, I, I think like um, I, I come from theater and it's the kind of thing where I think sometimes, and this is where I, you know, I go back, like my interest in superheroes is definitely like how, how much more humanized can I make them? But you know, when you teach um, like when I'll teach something like Hamlet, and they talk like my students will look at like his like a you know like the ghost like his 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 father's ghost in Hamlet, and they'll be like, "I'll ask my students why does that happen?" And they're like, "Well, people back then believed in ghosts." And I'm like, 
people like a thousand years earlier than you weren't like just stupid. They didn't just like acknowledge ghosts all the time. Like it, there's a, there's, if you're making that play, you've got to build in a logic for why, like that it, that stretches out. And so it's the same kind of sense in my mind is like, he's going to make this wild rash decision, but like, where is it coming from? For me, it's that on a daily basis, we're all being asked to make kind of wild rash decisions. Don't knock the ghost stuff yet because did you see that new that did you see that that new Netflix series that they have uh, right now? What is it? It's not cheating death, not escaping death, but something along those lines. It just came out. It's like number four on Netflix. It's actually it's like when near I death. It's near death experiences, mediums, all that stuff. I cannot remember the name for the life. Oh, of me. I'm all in mediums. I'm there. Okay, I'm in. I'll, I'll find the name before before the end of this interview. But you know, you, you it sounds like Sean. A lot of your focus is as much as there's themes like a you know social commentary and everything it sounds like it's more character driven in your writing and everything and having such a short window to be able to do that with jonathan i mean joe and i when we talk about the books that you know he or i that i what we do on this show normally is i'll tell joe about a book that he hasn't read before that i like and then vice versa so one thing that's a, a pretty constant theme with us is the characters and how it's being a character driven story more so than the plot for you having a tight window what were some of the challenges with that that you haven't necessarily dealt with with indie? I mean, definitely like two issues, two issues was the biggest um, concern for me just cause I knew like, I like, I also like really big themes, which, you know, usually takes some room, you know, like um, thumbs, which you talked about, like that thing's five issues, but each issue is the size of like three normal issues. Like every issue is about 55 to 62 pages. Um, which I love working in. Like, I love that, like, it's like writing a mini graphic novella each month. So the idea of like, okay, we're going to do two 22 page ish issues. So 44 pages, which is, which is less than a single issue of thumbs <laughs> <laughs> and, and tell a full story. That definitely was a major. And you're doing all that stuff in, in this too. I mean, you're talking to us about everything and it's like, there, you're just a lot going on. There's a lot going on, you know, and, and I knew it was going to be ambitious and I was going to take a big, I was going to take a big swing. I also know that I feel like a big reason I was hired is at every step of conversation I've been taking, I would take big swings, you know, like I will say I'm, I'm not a person who's very nervous about failing. I just think it's a necessity. I don't know. I think, I think it's a necessity to try and get towards something truly great is to fail is to, is to at least try is at least try to go big. I mean, my biggest concerns, Two issues was concerning, but my bigger concern than that was, can I properly set up things that are going to happen in the other books so that the other, the work that other people have done pays off, you know, like Tro Andres Trojan, who's mentioned in my book, but doesn't yeah. physically show up. Like he's a major character in Midnighter. So it was like, how do I set him up and what's happened on Metropolis so that when people go and read Midnighter, it pays off to the same degree. And the Midnighter book connects to the Phillips Superman, the Clark Kent Superman book. So I kept seeing it as like a, ch a chain of connection. And I was like, no matter what, I've got to set up enough of the story so that I, at least I felt like I needed to set up enough so that when you went to the other stories, you, you got even more out of them that you, you really felt like you were entering in with an understanding of where you were. And that, that becomes kind of a, a balancing act of like, how do you give this much information, set up your story and, and try and tie and pay them all off at the same time? Um, 
but she, I don't know. You just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of moving parts. <laughs> yeah, a lot of moving parts. But I mean, you know, right, a lot of writing is puzzle solving, you know. So it, it was a lot of just trying to think. And, and also for me, just trying to think of like, what's the super, at the end, you, I think you're always going back to like, what do I want to see? And I was like, I want to see something fun and furious. And that is kind of unapologetic. And, you know, that's what you kind of, you, you kind of just run with, with that, you know, and it's, it changes with each book. You know, I, I did a book before thumbs called the few that I was like, I want to make a dystopian sci-fi book. That's slow. That's yeah. just really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> At the time I was also told like, that's insane. That's a really bad decision. But you know, a lot of other things in my career have come from that book. I, I mean, you, I don't know. You never really know. You're just kind of, your gut is just kind of saying stuff and you're like, I guess that's it right now. Yeah. You do what you love and, uh, <laughs> and you go with it. Right. Try. I mean, at best. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with Superman of Metropolis only being two issues, and now that you've sort of been brought into the world of DC, do you have plans to keep writing Superman beyond the two issues, and and uh, and and beyond Future State for that matter? No, I don't. I don't. I don't foresee that happening. <laughs> um, no, that was never really a part of the conversation. You know, when we were talking five G, we were having a lot of conversations about. There was possibilities of that, um, but then um, no. I mean, the, I was I was very excited to get the chance to do Metropolis because of the time I felt like I had spent learning and studying John for the five G pitches. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, there was never any kind of promise or conversation about that, and there was also some stuff on my end that had already been set up that. I was like, I, I already know that I'm going to go and do these other books and and some pro and projects after this. So it was like, this is a great chance to kind of, you know, run in and see what it's like and then let somebody else kind of shepherd John towards what he will be when he, you know, what he'll be. Yeah. Okay. You, you've, you've predominantly written indie books and, and, and now that you've written for DC, what are, and you've kind of touched on this a little bit, before but what are some of the biggest challenges you know with each and do you you know, do you find that this experience with dc is something that you might like to pursue again you know in the future when when all these other projects uh you know uh, you know wind down a bit i mean the dc project's been great i mean the editors have been really great with me um like i have no complaints about it you know and it's been it's been fun and the 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 workflow and process of it has been like crazy fast because there part of it I guess is also there's so many people working on it so like the pencils and inks and the coloring are all happening way quicker than when I do an indie because a lot of times it's one artist as the full production team so a lot of times you know when I'm doing indie books I'll, I'll almost have the arcs of the book finished when we start seeing the art come in you know where this was kind of like insanely rapid um, I mean I I love doing the indie books they're I mean, the, there's a safety in the indie books because they can be full-on passion projects. And <laughs> you can do things without really, as, as much as you're willing to, without a, a huge commercial concern. You know, like I, I'm doing a book right now with Bliss that's like about these like gods and addiction. And like, it's just like Neil Gaiman writing a, an addiction drama. <laughs> you know, so, like you can do that and be like, it's just going to be this eight issue maxi series. And when it's done, we're going to collect it into an, an omnibus. And like, I don't know if anyone will buy it, but it's going to be fucking gorgeous. You I know, think you know, two people who are probably going to give it a chance. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have. People have been amazing with that book. Um, but it is a type of thing where, like, I can follow my muse a bit more because you don't have to sell to as many people, right? Yeah. Like, find your niche audience and go, like, here's thumbs. Here's this crazy, dystopic yeah. techno drama, you know? And if you find 17,000 people, 15,000 people who buy it, you're, you actually have, like, a really successful book. Um, where at DC, there's, like, other there's other concerns of, I, and I imagine with Marvel too, like you're trying to figure out how to, how to keep everybody happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I, it's not that I have the concern. I don't, I don't know if a lot of editors would love me long-term because I think I'm, I think I don't, I don't really know or have a massive interest in how to write. I shouldn't say that. I don't want to disappoint fans, but like, I'm really interested in like kind of exploring as much of a character as humanly possible, which means the good and the bad, which right. we don't want from some of our heroes. And I get that. It's like, some of it is just straight up comfort. The world's fucking a mess half the time. So like having a hero that's straight up comfort food is a necessity like I don't yeah. it at all. Um, but I think there's also a part of me that like, you know, a lot of the ideas I pitch are fucking insane. So, <laughs> There's things that I would love to do, you know, like I want to, I, I think, I think early, I think earlier this year, I, not this year, but like in the fall, I think I had, I was desperately trying to pitch like a, a green lantern book that I wanted to be like, they all got ejected by, by the leaders and turned into like their own samurai Ronin. So you were just on different planets with different green lanterns for like every arc where they were just like these Ronin wandering their planet. Like I would read the hell out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I would read that too, but doc's a big Ronin guy for sure. A lot. I mean, I think there's people who would read it, but I think there's a lot of green lantern fans who'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? You're Put right. it under a freaking black label and then shut up. It's not Canon. It's an awesome story. We can enjoy it. We're fine. Maybe, maybe I'm pitching in the wrong places, but like, I can't get mad about it. I kind of right. just try and pitch the stuff that I'm like, I'm really excited to do this. I'm always honest with them. Like this could fail bad. It's going to be really fun and wild and it'll be a, it'll be different. Like it'll be different and we'll, I'll try and make it as exciting as possible. Um, but you know, those are, you know, I think like, like I was really interested, they, like the, that's the type of thing I get really fascinated by. Like I would do a time luchador mini series. Like I would love to do that. Um, you know, so it's, it's not so much that I don't, I'm not interested working at the Marvels or the DCs. I think one thing I learned too, is I just admire, I have a new admiration for the Bendises and the Donny Cates and the Al Ewings, like the people who do this month in month out, I'm like, Holy shit, this is a lot of pressure. Like you guys are kind of amazing. Like you have so many people reading these books, so many people responding to these books. Like I just, yeah, I was just like, I don't, that part I don't think I really knew. I was like, Oh wow, this is like a whole th th there's a universe like there's a whole universe of fandom that is way bigger than you even expect until it's happening and then you're like, "Oh, this is pretty big." Yeah. Um yeah. so I mean, definitely not against it. I just think like I guess for me it's always just like what's the most fun and exciting thing I could do and what's a challenge? I'm I'm always also interested in that. Like how can I make this different than the last thing I I did? You know, what yeah. part of that is just me wanting to become better, you know, and I feel like that happens a lot from from that. Right. Of course. Now, you, you've you talked about thumbs has come up obviously quite a bit in this conversation, as one would expect when we're talking to, to you about your work. 
I, I'm curious if you're encountering a new writer, because I'm sure we have some listeners that maybe aren't as familiar with your work. Sure. I, I would imagine Thumbs is the first thing you recommend to, to most people. But if it, if it is that, what else would you recommend to somebody who's new to your work and looking to uh, get into more stuff? Sure. I mean, it all depends on what you're interested in, because I think the books are all pretty different. You know, like if you were a mass, if you really loved Preacher and you like Garth Ennis's like ultra violent, but kind of funny stuff. And, and if you're Catholic, I'd say Saints would be a book you'd probably really dig. We got a lot of – I mean, who doesn't like Preacher? But I know we got a lot of listeners, especially in like our podcast group, who like Preacher. So that's a good call right there. I mean, I, I grew up obsessed with Preacher and Ennis. Like I, I, had, I had an older uncle I lived with who had all of that in his long box. So I would just bring that shit to Catholic school and get in trouble. <laughs> nice. Like, like, so like – it's very foul mouthed, you know. It's basically a bunch of Catholic saints, a bunch of atheists getting endowed with the power of Catholic saints, and oh. and they run around and curse and fucking deal with demons and heavy metal bands and all of this nonsense. So, like, if 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 you're interested in that, I'm like, Saints is really good. Like, That's amazing. If, if you want a kind of an adult sci-fi uh, noir, then Thumbs is a really good one for you. If if you like 13-year-old girls with katana blades hunting werewolves, coyotes is probably the best bet for you. Like, um, you know, it kind of break down, breaks down a little bit. If I do something with Caitlin Yarsky, it's going to be as an artist. So that's like coyotes and bliss. It will be like big Neil Gaiman, dark crystal influenced magic realism. If I do it with Hayden Sherman, it's going to be like Frank Miller, Ronan era, sci-fi, fast hard and like with deep philosophical uh, i shouldn't say deep that gives me too much credit but like with philosophical themes and arguments at the center so it's all kind of just like what are you what are you kind of looking to to read and get into you got a lot of good ones there yeah i like gun to your head because they're the only ones i have (laughs) (laughs) what if you're like if someone says i can only read one sean lewis thing and it is not superman or metropolis i want to know more about him and if we're going to do that we're reading his indie stuff gun to your head what's the one book you're saying oh fuck Um, (laughs) i i very sean i didn't do this to anybody yet i'm just really because it's all so different Uh, they are so different i mean um What's the best primer? I don't know. Yeah. I, I I I I love thumbs. I also love the few. I mean, I love all of them. Um, if you read Superman and Metropolis, thumbs would probably be the easiest entryway into some of the other work. If you read Saints after Superman and Metropolis, you you, you might have to go to Catechism. Like okay. like it might be a little bit or Confession, depending on which where where you're at with it. So the short answer really is, Joe, we should just read all of this stuff. This is what <laughs> sure, about. I'll take that. 100%. Not- 100%. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so last question for me, Sean. Uh, so you doing a little bit of, you know, research, you know, you're, you're an acclaimed uh, uh, playwright uh, and director, and, you've, and you've, you've won a lot of awards. What was it that brought you into the world of comics? And is there one that you find to be more challenging? Sure. Well, I don't do much theater anymore. I'm kind of like semi-retired from theater. I mean, COVID also helped with that pretty heavily. Um, I love theater. Yeah, theater's how I came up and was my start off. So how I got into comics was through theater. I was directing a play and um, I wanted there to be live animation in it. Like, um, so we don't seem that much different in age. So like, if do you remember the old school overhead projectors with transparency? Yeah. 
that you would crank. Yeah. Oh nope. Now you know. This is just YouTube now. So I, I bought I bought one of those and I I hired an artist and I wanted him to draw in real time while it was getting cranked. So it would it would it would run like a movie on the back wall, you know, and you could see him creating in real time. The guy I hired was Benjamin Mackey, who ended up doing Saints with me. And what happened is the art he was drawing were like. It, they look like Silver Age Superman comics. And so we st I started asking him, like, are you a comic book fan? He was like, yeah, I'm a comic book fan. And we started just talking about comics. And we were literally painting the set one day and just, like, joking around. It was, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. And, like, we haven't slept because of rehearsal the previous night. So we're just, like, you feel like you're drunk. And we're just kind of talking. And it turns out, like, I grew up deep. I'm first-generation Irish Catholic, so Catholicism is just burnt into my soul. And he had taught himself how to draw through Catholic pictures. And we started talking about this idea of like, what if like there was a bunch of atheists who became superheroes for God? And we were just laughing. And then we're just like, fuck it. Let's just make an issue of it for ourselves, like just to entertain ourselves. And so Ben, I wrote it. Ben drew it. We were working at a coffee shop, like the local coffee shop. We'd get together every couple of days. And at the end of it, we had this like 20 page comic. And I was like, this is pretty good. Like maybe I'll send it out. No idea how you do that. No idea who you send it to. Sent it to Dark Horse, I think it bounced back. And then the image page had the email address to Eric Stevenson, who's the publisher. And I was just like, oh, that seems like the guy you send this to. So I sent Eric a, 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 a dry email just saying like, hi, my name's Sean Lewis. I work in theater, blah, you don't know who I am. I made a comic. I just want to see if you might want to publish it. Not really understanding that that's not how this goes a lot of time. But he called me three months later while I was on tour with a play right before I went on stage and said, hey, this is Eric Stevenson. Did you make Saints? Yep. How would you like for Image Comics to publish it? And I was just like, yeah, I, I mean, I have to go on stage literally right now, but I will call you back. Um, and so that's how Saints got at Image. And then Image has been basically my home. And in terms of the two, you know, like, the hardest thing about comics is the condensation of it. You know, the stuff I grew up studying in school and everything was like Arthur Miller and William Inge. And like a lot of their stuff, there's like a slow burn in the beginning, you know, and then like something hits at the middle of that slow burn and everything takes off. It's like a massive ignition. Mm -hmm. you know. So like, I think a lot of the comics that I've written, usually, usually the first issue of any comic I write is like the most frustrating for audience like it's a, a lot of times what i'll hear from people or reviewers will say to them, it was really fascinating really interesting not completely sure now i know everything that's going on but i'm intrigued or other people be like i don't know it's fucking slow and boring and i don't know what to do with them and then usually by the second issue people are like oh fuck it this was really good like yeah. now now everything makes sense to me and i think that's something that honestly i'm still kind of learning a little bit of like oh how do you have that breakthrough, that like huge first issue, but it's also something I sometimes run into as a reader. There's times where I'll read comics or a lot of times like graphic novel collections. And the first, the first chapter of the graphic novel will like blow my fucking mind. And then by the second or third chapter, I'm kind of like not as interested. Like they're like, and so I, you know, and I think that's a really hard thing in a periodical form is like, you really want that first issue to be a blockbuster, but it's sometimes also counterintuitive to how like str that structure of writing can work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's, so like, so I think that that's where comics are hard is like the condensation in theater. I mean, theater's just hard because there's a lot of fucking people. <laughs> like, you know, and I would say, I'm guessing film and TV are even harder. I mean, I've worked in some of that and like, 
theater, yeah, theater is really difficult because you're trying to get, depending on how big the play is and how big the venue is, like 25 to 30 people to all see the same play. You know, when I work on a comic, especially an indie comic, I'm just trying to get the artist to see what I'm seeing or, or their version of it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think, I think in the indie world, especially comics theater has made me really collaborative. So there's a lot of trust I give to like Hayden and Caitlin. I think it's why they continue to work with me is there's a lot of like, how do we build this thing together? Best idea wins. Like, like just say yes. Like all these kind of theater concepts. That I don't, I never thought were weird, but they're always saying to me, they're like, it's very different working with you. Like you're always saying yes and like giving me more freedom. And I'm like, why? What do other people do? Like you're really good at what you do. They're just like, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's the thing is like you know the most frustrating parts of theater for me were fundraising. Fundraising was always a nightmare, and then um, the other thing was just like, yeah, you know, you're trying to get. You're trying to get this actor's ego to merge with your ego and this per- and this actress's ego, but there's also a costume designer who doesn't, they don't like what she's dressing them in. And Oh God. You know, you're just trying to make all the parts work. And so you're kind of like a football coach, but also like a film auteur at the same time and, and a psychologist. It can be that part of it. I miss the social part of it. Cause it was, it could be really fun to be in rehearsals and comics are really writing in general is just really lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I miss actually being in a rehearsal room and also being able to rewrite with the people. Um, that part I miss, but I definitely don't miss the like wrangling, trying try to wrangle everybody constantly to, to kind of, you know, for play for, I think for most art to work, it has to be kind of egoless. So trying to get 15 people to be egoless is <laughs> fucking annoying. I I don't I don't envy you at all. I was cast in a play in eighth grade and I got myself out of that shit real fast. I, no thanks. I'm also no 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 offense at all, man. Like I I don't theater's a weird it's a weird animal. Yeah. Now you brought up what you, my last question. You brought up what your um you know your your graphic novel collection and everything, and we'd like to ask writers at the end of it all, uh, aside from maybe your work, which you have to reread to go and produce it and everything. What are you reading these days? I've been really obsessed with Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen's run on Daredevil. Um, I've been, I've been, I spent a lot of COVID going back and rereading all of that. I've been reading the beginning of Hellblazer, the Jamie Delano, like the, the old yeah. I, I never read it. I missed it. Now, it's just funny because because when Doc and I started this show, I was talking about Constantine and Doc loves, uh, loves himself some Daredevil too. So yeah. it's just funny. I, I mean, I think it's, I've been going back to a lot of comics I either loved, but I don't think I fully understood or appreciated when they came. Like the Daredevil I actually read when I was a kid, but I didn't get it. Like I started picking them up because I, I was talking to my wife one day and I remembered images. Like I was trying to explain to her the issue where the, the young girl dies from angel dust. Like she, when she runs out and jumps out the window. Oh. And I was just trying to tell her, like, I, I was like, I don't remember how old I was. I was like nine or 10 and I picked it up in a dollar bin. And I remember being like, ah, <laughs> not understanding what it was. And, and after I told her that story, I was like, I haven't read that fucking comic since I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And so I went and picked them up and I was just blown away. I'm like, these are amazing. Like, these are like great, like so well done. Um, and then the Constantine, I just, I'd never read you know, I was stupid as a kid. I thought that Hellblazer and Hellraiser were the same 
right? Like this oh. for the most part. <laughs> I was like, ah, I've seen the Pinhead movie. It's not my thing. So I, I, I don't need to see the the trench coat version of him. Um, where I just I started going back and and reading that. I've been reading a lot of like Walt Simonson's Thor run, which is also like oh. fantastic. Um, a lot of older comics. I read a lot of comics from like the eighties and and nineties. I mean, there's there's a, I mean, there's so much good. It's kind of daunting as a writer now because I'm like, there's so much good stuff, and I know that my work is always coming out at the same time as these other books, and you're just like, ah, fuck, you know, <laughs> uh, like I'm competing with this. Like this is gonna be so frustrating. Um, you know, like I loved, I loved Rom's uh, The Savage Shores. I just thought that was a great book. Um, those are probably the things that are like right now I'm definitely in a nostalgia moment. So it's mainly those, like, I would say it's the, the Simons and Thor, the daredevil and uh, the, the hell, the Hellblazer are the ones that I'm reading before I go to bed every night. That the OG, they, they're starting to get back to the Hellblazer, like being a little bit darker and everything. And Tom Taylor's on it. And, uh, but they got a little bit too, uh, corporate's the word I'm thinking of right now, like over the past years, but the old shit, you, you don't need me to tell you. I'll be honest. Like that's the type of thing I read. And I'm like, I'd write this, like, this is weird as fuck. Also, like there's something I, I, I need to read the more recent ones. Cause I don't mean it as a comparison. Cause I just don't know them. But one thing I love about that, that old vertigo run is like, he hates himself so much. Like, thank you. Yes. It's, it's amazing. Like uh, to see a character who's so self-loathing, you know, like I was saying, it gets into like what I'm personally interested in where I'm like, I'm a pretty self-loathing person who's trying to figure out how to do, how to be good. Right. Like mm-hmm. how to get past my base bullshit. And I feel like when I was like, I, I've been reading that Hellblazer and I'm like, Oh, weird. This is like, this, this was written for me. Like this guy is just like, he detests himself. And it's just like, I don't know. We got to, I got to fucking lie to this guy. He's going to get it, eaten by a bunch of flies and like, you know, like yeah. amazing. Yeah. There's oh man. There's, I mean, city of demons. Um, the recent one by Cy Spurrier was really good. It was 12 issues. And then Tom Taylor's in the middle one right now, but okay. city of demons is the one I always recommend. That was from, I think like the aughts, but um, I'm write it down. Cause I, I've become, I've become a big fan of that character. Cause I, I I, I, I never, like I said, I just had never, it's weird. I was really, I was massively into Vertigo, but for some reason that passed me by. Huh. Yeah. yeah I read a lot happens. of, I was really into gaming and Scammon and Black Orchid and Swamp Thing. So like reading this now, I'm like, oh, I missed out on some fucking great stories. But the most thing with comics is like, you never catch up. Yeah. It, oh man. If you saw the stack, I have three stacks in my place right now. And Joe, Joe reads more than anybody. I friggin' know he's never, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> never stops. But Sean, we uh, really appreciate you setting aside so much time to talk with us about Superman and, and all your other books, thumbs and saints and everything. I'm, I'm excited to, to crack open saints. I have not read that yet. And I, that is totally up my friggin' alley. So thank you for the time. Yes. Thank you very much. Sean. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care guys.